Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So, uh, today, what's on my mind is, I guess, like, the conflicting pulls of, I don't know, like, anger versus excitement. So, a few episodes back, it was just the worst day, just the worst weather in the world, and I flipped the fuck out, and I was like, I hate this, I've fucking had it. It's like my little, uh, radiometer for horrible sunless fucking nightmareville has been building up in the background more than I realized and then when there was another real bad day it's like all right I'm out I'm done I don't need this anymore but the weather hasn't been that bad since I mean today it's still like certainly not a nice day but it's like I don't know I guess it's just degrees of it's just it's kind of, there's a little, everything's just kind of drab, but it's not just like, I don't know, like the middle of the storm of hell. <laughs> but but I was still like, hey, you know what? It's good just to have a fucking plan, just a direction. It's like, okay, I'm getting out of here, I'm moving somewhere else. Fuck you, British Columbia. But on the other hand, I've had this little side project I've been doing that it's just been this like start and stop thing the whole time I've been here because the weather keeps fucking me up. Where I've been, uh, so my last book that I wrote, my first official book that I fully wrote is about the video game The Last of Us. And uh, I just put it out myself. You can get it at keithcourage.com. It's totally free. Cause it was really just uh, an experiment for myself. It's like, all right, I gotta shit or get off the pot here. I gotta finish a book for once in my life. So now uh, I'm just looking for ways to promote it. And I kind of burned out on that. I was really pushing for a while of like, let's look for different ways to promote this thing. It's a very tiresome and demoralizing process. And at the end of the day, I was just like, hey, you know what? I guess I just don't really care. Whatever. People will find it or they won't. Like the, the real value was this uh, extra confidence that it gave me to write a second book, which is what I'm doing now. But I'm still looking for, you know, ways to, uh, get this thing out there a little more. And the main one, the big one that I think will be cool is to do like an audiobook version that I'll put out as a podcast. But uh, more importantly, I'm gonna make a fancified video version for YouTube where every time I talk about a game, you know, I like find footage of that game. I did that as like a test to me and my cousin last year. We sat down and we sort of figured out our top 100 games of all time that we could kind of agree on. And then I made a YouTube video out of it and just found clips of all those games. And it's just one of those little things floating around YouTube. It probably has like 200 views or something, but it was really fun to make. And it was just like, yeah, like I would like to do that again. I would like an excuse. Like it's so neat how everything is available. Like as an editor, this is the greatest time ever. Like if you need a specific song or you need footage from something, it's so easy to find. So to make like a collage or a, a pastiche or a little, you know, video documentary has never been easier. It's great. And I guess the flip side is that because everybody has that same level of access, there's so much stuff out there, there's so much competition that most stuff that anybody makes just disappears into the ether. But I don't know that that has ever not been true. I mean, the amount of stuff from the past that nobody gives a shit about and nobody noticed and no one remembers is pretty enormous, no matter what era you go to. 
So I feel like the uh, upside, the benefits to the present media information flood as a creator, I think are probably far greater than the detriment of having more competition. Because there was always tons of competition. It was always hard to get people to be aware of your stuff and to care about what you're doing. So the thing with this audiobook is I didn't expect it to be a problem because I've got a long-ass history of making podcasts. I mean, I was making podcasts before there were podcasts. Me and my friends had this old site. It was called It's a Movie, So Watch It. We started in the year 2000 where after we saw a movie, we'd go stand in the parking lot with a little dictaphone and record our thoughts. And then I took that tape, that little dictaphone tape, and ran it through my fucking stereo and then into my computer and got this god-awful sounding. I had to write transcripts of all our reviews because they were so hard to understand. They were practically illegible. I would have killed for a recorder like this. And I made a little website and, you know, it was one of those things like we had some people that cared. Little guest books here and there. People would stop it in with little comments. And it was just fun. It was just a fun thing to do. And I still think it's like the greatest way to review a movie when you haven't really had time to overthink it. Just what's the vibe right after you leave the theater? Because either you're excited or you're not, you know? Or in certain cases, you're violently angry. <laughs> and it's just like, it was such a good way to uh, capture that energy. That was a weird feeling when I realized that. I'm like, wow, you know, like once podcasts got big and I was pretty pretty early into podcasting, but it's like, dude, I was actually, that's five years ahead of podcasting. How weird is that? Anyway, the point is, not to big myself up as king nerd. Oh, look what a nerd I am. I was doing this nerdy shit before the other nerds. But I've got a lot of experience talking into a recorder. So I'm like, this will be no problem. That thing where people say like, oh, I don't sound right in a recording. I mean, it's true that everyone sounds different in their own head because, you know, there's like a lot of empty cavities in your head, a lot of resonance that you don't get outside your head. But I got used to that a long time ago. Like I know, it's like, a, it feels like a little puppet. Like I know how to pull the strings on the marionette. If I do this, then I'll get the little dance that I want on the other end. You know, I know all that stuff. So I thought recording an audiobook could be no problem. And I was like shocked how difficult it was. My first attempt was last winter, like pretty much right after I put out that book. My cousin Dan had this really nice microphone and uh, while I was in my hometown, I just borrowed it from him. My mom had a big empty house that uh, nobody was home during the day. It was a perfect time to record stuff. But I just couldn't be comfortable with it. Yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know, I guess it was, it was like that marionette thing again, except it wasn't working this time. Like I would record and feel like I was doing my best little audiobook reading voice. And then when I listened back, it just sounded awkward. It was just like, I just, I don't wanna listen to this. This doesn't sound right. Like when you listen to a sweet ass audiobook that's all well produced, this is not that. Where sometimes you get people that really suck at audiobooks. I've bailed on audiobooks because I'm like, I hate this guy. I hate how he's reading this. I can't deal with this. And that's how mine was coming out. And it's like, well, why am I gonna do this? Why am I going to do all this work and try to promote my book and especially do the video side, which is going to take a long time. 
every step of it takes a long time. I mean, it's a whole book. Why am I going to do this if, if I hate it, if I don't even like how it sounds, you know? So it, uh, it eventually devolved into, there was, there was a sale at the liquor store by my parents' house because they were trying to liquidate all of the Mike's Hard Root Beer. I guess it wasn't a very popular product. Which I can understand, because when you mix booze with root beer, it does bring out the medicine-y side of root beer. It's kind of unpleasant. But I kind of got to like it. I don't know, I was like, this is alright, and it's like half price. Give me a stack, give me a bunch of those. And I just got drunk and read the audiobook, but, you know, because it felt so stiff and so unnatural to try to read the lines, I ended up just going off script and just doing the whole thing, like, really casual to the point that it's like what am I even doing anymore <laughs> like I'd glance at the section of like what is this part of the book about oh yeah okay let me just paraphrase it now it was a whole different thing it was not even remotely an audiobook of this book anymore and the real trouble was because it wasn't fiction you know it wasn't prose it was a conversational non-fiction book like I tried to write the book in a kind of just fun to read casual way, conversational way. So when you tried then to read something that's supposed to sound conversational, it doesn't sound conversational at all. It sounds extremely stiff. And all the jokes in the book just fell flat. It all felt really stilted. And yeah, I was just like, I was amazed how hard it was. I'm like, man, I can't believe how bad I am at this. But I guess this is how it is with every skill, right? Like, you really got to get over that initial hump where you're bad at it. I just didn't expect that to happen in this case. I thought that my complementary skills of just being able to talk and do speeches and shit would make it easy to record an audiobook, and it just wasn't at all helpful. It was like, wow, this sucks, this is terrible. Boy, one thing too, though, that's... Uh, you notice with audiobooks or this kind of podcasting or anything is mouth noises. Man, it is the bane of my fucking existence. Like, if your mouth's too wet, it makes noises. If your mouth's too dry, it makes noises. The clicks and the pops that come out of a human mouth that you don't notice when you're just talking to somebody, it's insane. Like, it really makes you realize how bad microphones are compared to the human ear. Because with the human ear, it's so easy to hear stuff from far away. And I guess with the combination of the human ear and the brain, you know, you can just disregard the parts you don't want to focus on. Where to get good sound on a microphone, you got to be right up on that fucker. You got to be talking right into it. And then you can hear every little snap, crackle, pop of your stupid human mouth. And it's, ah, oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's like, even just the production side of that kind of audio is way harder than I expected. So I abandoned that project and then uh, came out here, came out west, and I started getting it in my head again. I'm like, well, it's a shame I don't have that big empty house anymore. That was a rare occurrence to have a place like that where I could just record. Because as I was saying a couple episodes back, like, that's never been the case ever, other than my parents' house, which is a hundred-year-old big three-story house in an obscure part of Canada, <laughs> you know, that's just empty and quiet. That's never how it is normally. I can't just 
record anywhere that I've ever lived. I mean, it's just not how it is. Everyone's just too close and you're cohabitating with people. And even if I was to say like, hey, I'm just gonna go record right now, just to give you a heads up, I still, and I wouldn't feel comfortable. It would just compound these problems where I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I'm trying to figure out how to find my voice as an audio recording guy. When I know there's somebody else that can hear me, that's it, it's over. It's just not gonna work, it's not gonna happen. And I looked into uh, the libraries out here in Vancouver have soundproof booths, but they're not as soundproof as you might like, you know, because like I want to yell shit. When I got a part in my book where the joke is that it's written all in caps, I want to yell it because that's what it is. And that's what I think is entertaining and funny. And you just, I mean, that's not what they mean by soundproof booth. You can't just flip out and lose your mind and give a big performance you just it's still uncomfortable people are still around and you've got to book the time and it's all just uncomfortable to me but finally i had to search all around different parts of the city and just looking all over the place i finally found a place where there aren't other people which is so hard to do in a city because i had the idea like I could record it outside, even if I just go out into the woods. That could be cool, like have like nature sounds. I don't mind that, that's cool. That's a little quirky, a little idiosyncratic. Hey, this is the guy who recorded his audiobook in the woods, that's cool. And it would give me an excuse to go walk in the woods every day, which hey, I'll take it, like that's a bonus to me. But there is no such thing as in the woods in a modern city. Like, you just can't get away from people. No matter where you go, there's always people around. So to find a place where I could consistently record and not always have to be looking over my shoulder and not always have to feel self-conscious because people are going to show up, literally impossible. Like, you don't notice it as much until you're trying and to get away from noise like to get away from traffic and stuff it's so hard just it, it's it's impossible it's literally impossible i'm running through like toronto montreal vancouver and all its surroundings all these places in my mind and there's nowhere there's nowhere you can go where someone else isn't also there <laughs> you know it just doesn't exist but finally, here in Burnaby, this is the little mountain path I was walking on when I first started this podcast. I'm back there because I did finally find this spot where it's called the New Penzance Trail or something like that. But you can walk down this dog path where people are always walking their dogs and then down this little extra hill at the bottom of the dog path and then across a train line where they're like, hey, don't cross these trains. And then there's a beach, and if the water is low, because if the water's high, this is totally inaccessible, but if the water's low, then you can walk down the shoreline, and then, finally then and only then, you're basically guaranteed to not meet anybody. I've never had anybody go beyond the first stretch of beach. I've never seen anyone walk further down the beach. And even then it's kind of tricky because there's just some times that that there's just construction-y shit going on and factory type stuff and noise coming from the Burrard Inlet or if a big boat goes by and like huge waves or if it's windy or if it's too rainy 
like even once I found this place and I'm like cool this is great I love going here I love traveling to here I love being here because it's just this beach that is like with no one around and this beautiful view of the mountains and I feel like I'm in Monkey Island it's great but I still haven't been able to do it consistently because mainly the weather you know it's like I can't make this a daily routine because there's just so many times that I just can't do it because the weather is shit and I can't just record outdoors when it's windy and rainy and awful so even though I love going down to that beach and recording and I've, I'm about a fifth of the way through the book and I finally found my voice I found how to do it I'll get to that in a sec Oh, this trail really does wear me the fuck out though. God damn. <laughs> Instantly out of breath. So really, if I really want to bear down on this project, I really feel like the best thing to do would be the same thing that I'm doing with writing the book that this fucking podcast is chronicling. Is like, do it every day no matter what. Even if you only get a little bit. Even if I only record 10 minutes. Like, just do a little every day and it'll add up. But it's just not possible. It's just physically not possible because of the weather. So then, you know, a stretch will go by of a week or two when I haven't worked on this thing and, and it's just going so slow. And I'm like, man, at this rate, if I'm only a fifth of the way through, I'm just never gonna get this thing done. It's never gonna fucking finish. And I've just kind of put it out of my mind. Like, you know what, I just can't, I might not be able to finish this project here, but I don't know where else I can finish it. Like, I'm, I'm really racking my brain for every fucking city I've ever lived in that I could go to. Where can I find a cool place in nature to record? And I guess, I mean, I'm always recording this podcast out in the world, but there's so much random noise and random people going by, and for this podcast, I just don't care. Where for this audiobook, that's just, that's just not, I mean, for that, for instance. For this audiobook, that just wouldn't be okay. I'd rather not do it if I'm not gonna do it well to a certain degree. Anyway, today, I was on the bus fucking heading past the spot where, where this beach is, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, even though I haven't been able to work on this thing in a couple of weeks and it's just fallen off my radar and I've forgotten all about it, suddenly occurred to me like, oh shit, if I get off at this stop over here, I can go to the place and I can get back on the trolley and fucking work on this thing. And I felt so excited. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I do, that's, I want to do that. I really do want to do that. And it just reminded me how much I want to get this done. How much I want to record this audiobook and put out this audio version and try to, because I really think my book about The Last of Us is a real good book. I mean, I put everything I had into that book. I love it. I just want people to know about it. I just want people to experience it. And like, I know video game fans will like this fucking book. I just have no idea how to get people to know about it. And a series of cool ass YouTube videos seems like a great way for people to just stumble on this thing. And it's going to take a long time and it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm really excited to do it. And I mean, that's really all you can ask for. Like, that's that's the, the clearest guiding fucking star in the sky, right? But it's so inconsistent and it's going so slow. And now I've got those two conflicting things where I don't want to forget how pissed I was a few days ago. Like, how completely clear my subconscious made it to me that you can't 
fucking do this anymore. <laughs> you can't be around this rainy shit. You can't do it. This is not for you. Maybe people that grew up on the West Coast like just have more tolerance. But I'm not from the West Coast and I ain't got it and I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind out here. But on the other hand, man, I wanna finish recording this thing and there's just no better place and no more fun a place to do it than on this beach. I just love this beach. I've already got this like nice little cadre of memories of just sitting on that beach and like standing on a big log and like looking at the mountains and recording this fucking audiobook that I just, it's one of those little thoughts that I know is just gonna come back to me. I'll be like, oh yeah, remember that beach? That thing is cool. And I really don't think I should let this go yet because if I go off to Montreal or go to Toronto, this whole thing is just gonna be put on big time hold because there's just no fucking where for me to record this thing. There are no woods that aren't infested with humanity. And then I guess there's also just the sort of problem of uh, that I need to do stuff in advance to keep it cheap. Like flights and train tickets and stuff are all pretty cheap if you're two months ahead of time. Airbnbs, especially if you can stay two months you know, ahead, that's when you can get stuff that's pretty cheap. Really, the only thing money really does, the only way money would really change my lifestyle, I think, I would just keep doing what I'm doing. I would just keep working on writing and working on like audio type projects and whatever shit I'm working on. If I had money, I could be more flexible. You know, like the ultimate would be if you're just super rich, you could just get hotels and stuff. And I mean, it's like, hey, I want a hotel for tonight. Here you go. Ding, ding, ding. You know, like it's crazy expensive because it's super available and super flexible. Where for my lifestyle, even if I gallivant around and go to different cities and stuff, it really doesn't cost any more than my rent cost when I lived here in Vancouver or in Toronto. And a lot of times it's actually cheaper than my rent used to be. But it's radically inflexible. You know, it's like I gotta set this stuff up eight weeks in advance and then I gotta do whatever I decided on and I can't change that. So for now, I've got time set up to live here in BC for another two months, but I haven't bought a plane ticket yet. And I think I just gotta leave it open for now and just see, because eventually this weather's gonna break, you know? It's like, that's the other thing, is that Canada has very limited summer. So I'm like, oh, I should go soak in the Montreal and soak in the Toronto during the summer. But if I do hang on here in BC, this rain will go away, you know? And then maybe if I hang on long enough, for the good weather to hit here, then maybe I can really get down and dirty with this fucking audiobook, you know? If I could work on it every day, if I could get down to that beach and record half an hour, 40 minutes, at least every day, because that's not that hard to do. An hour is about where I seem to top out. I could do that though, and then it really, how long could it possibly take, you know? If I could just, if I could grind it out. So I guess I'm just gonna hang on for now. <laughs> I'm gonna hang on in BC and just see. Just see how hard the weather fucks me. Cause like today is only a moderate fucking. Today is an acceptable fucking. It's gray, it sucks, but it's not physically raining. It's not windy. I can go down to the beach and I can record. But any worse than this, I can't deal with anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm just done with it. I hate it so much. So I don't know, I'm a little bit in limbo. 
I guess they say you should, uh, you know, follow your passions and not be guided by the avoidance of pain, but I don't necessarily agree. I think the avoidance of pain is very important when, you know, your subconscious has boiled up to the point where it's like, hey, asshole, you're not paying attention, you're not listening, I'm gonna make you have a terrible day because you need to know that there's a problem here. I think it's very okay to take those signals and use them to avoid a situation that you hate. So yeah, I don't know, I mean, and if I do end up holding on into BC a little bit into the summer, and I miss out on some of these other cities in the summer, I mean, I think it'd be worth it to get this audiobook done. Like, I really want to do it. I really want this thing. I really do. Because I feel like this is the final kind of... If this doesn't work, if this doesn't draw any attention to that Last of Us book, then that's fine. I did pretty much everything I could think of to do, and I'm out. But I feel like this is a really good idea and a really good way to get it visibility. And I really do want to try it. And again, just because it'll be fun. I love like editing stuff like this where I get to go find clips when I talk about buying a commando. Let's go find some clips of buying a commando and put them in. I love it. It's so fun. Fucking, I love that, that shit. That's just what I'm built to do. So anyway, <laughs> there's a ramble. I might stay in the West Coast a little longer. Because it was always Vancouver that I would daydream about. There was like a good five or six years maybe seven, where I didn't come back to Vancouver. I got, first I went to New York and that was a thing for a little while and then I got all nestled in in Toronto and I had an apartment and roommates and everything was cool and it would just like, would be weird to just toss all that to move to Vancouver. But then finally those roommates all moved out and that dissolved, but it still took me another year or so to move out here to the West Coast again because I I had kind of lost my ability to just move around and be independent. I got very socialized and very connected to the little social scene I had in Toronto. And it was surprisingly tough to get back on the fucking hobo trails and to go back out west all by myself, even though I always thought about it and kind of daydreamed about it. But now that I've been back, I was back for a couple of years, and then now back again for a few months and like it's like all right cool west coast yeah here we go i think you know i've kind of got my fill now it's montreal montreal's the daydream i keep having i'm like ah, i'd like to be back there that place was cool but i really want to do this audiobook thing so so walk this tightrope a little longer see how it goes anyway yeah just to finish off um I guess what I realized about audiobook recording is that this might not be applicable to all audiobooks. Like if I was reading a, you know, more of a dry story, more of a, you know, if I was reading fiction that had more of a, a serious tone, maybe that would have been easier. But I think the thing was, that's kind of what I had in my head. In my head, I had like Morgan Freeman's voice, like, oh, the greatest, awesomest narrator. I wish I could sound like that guy. And I guess I was sort of trying to read my Last of Us book like that. Like, let's, let's make it all serious and cool. But the book is not serious, nor is it cool. <laughs> like, it's deliberately written in a super conversational, like, silly style. Really kind of over the top, just like, let's just talk about video games. Let's just flip out about complaining about this game. And let's fucking heap praise on that game. And let's just get excited about video games, motherfuckers. 
And like, it wasn't until I read it out loud that I realized like, the tone of this book is like a fucking game show host. That's just what it is, you know? I wanted deliberately to make it extremely casual because I was just gonna self-publish it. And it was like, because I just wanted it to be finished. Like, it's like, I want to get to the end of this book. I'm not gonna ask for editorial guidance. I'm not gonna run it past people. I'm not gonna have anyone else's expectations in my mind. And besides my friend Brad, I didn't show it to anybody. I'm like, fuck it, because this is just my book. I just want to finish this book and just have that in my repertoire, that I did it. I finished a book. And it's like insane and it's filled with swearing and it's like got tons and tons of digressions and like it's a ridiculous book. And then somehow I guess I didn't really clue in that when reading it, the Morgan Freeman style, A, I do not possess, and B, is not applicable to this work. <laughs> it just isn't. I mean, if I could get Morgan Freeman to read it, he could pull it off. He could make that very funny. But I can't. I ain't got that. That's not how it was going to go. And I finally figured that out, even down on this beach, when I found this beach, and I'm like, this rules. I'm comfortable here. I'm all by myself. No one can hear me. It's just me and the Berard Inlet. And I still had to try a couple of times. I had to get a little ways in and start again, get a little ways in, start again, till I realized that the only way I could do it was similar to how I'm doing this right now. Like I just have to, I can't be like this. I can't be up in the microphone trying to be serious. I gotta pull this mic away from my face so I can yell about shit and get fired up and dance around and be a fucking weirdo. That's the only way. And once I figured that out, <laughs> once I cracked that code, it's like, there we go. It's like, it, it helped me realize what book I actually wrote. It's like, oh, of course I need to have a goofy ass audio version of this goofy ass book. What made me think this book was serious? What made me think this book I mean, I guess it has occasional serious things of like, hey, let's talk about the apocalypse. Let's talk about how future generations are going to feel if they grew up never knowing about our world. What are they going to think about us? What are they going to think about our ridiculous life? But those moments are few and far between. <laughs> that is not 95% of the book. And I guess that was kind of interesting because it interesting to me. I don't know who's listening to this or what you think. This is probably the most rambly fucking episode of all time, but just interesting to watch the uh, evolution of learning a skill. Because I got a lot of dumb little skills in my back pocket of things I can do well enough, you know, I can get by. But it, I guess it's been a little while since I tried to develop a new skill, so I'd forgotten what it's like and that, yeah, maybe it does take a year. Maybe it does take six months or whatever. And when you get to the point that, okay, now I'm competent enough that I can say I can do this, or I can do this to a degree that when I look at what I did, I'm like, good enough, I'm, I'm happy with that. It's still not going to be world class, you know, it's still like level one. It's just, it's the basics. So that's what I got. I can do a big, broad, goofy audiobook that may be as uh, refined as my skills can get. But luckily, that's what this book is anyway. Or at least in the case of this book, that's as refined as my skills get. 
If I was reading a book about, uh, you know, the most serious thing in the world, I'm sure I could do a little more serious. But if I was like an expert, then I could bring like a dry, serious tone to a silly book and it would probably be super funny. I think that would be a great way to do it. But I can't do that. I just, I don't have that tool in the toolbox. I can't do it. I can only go big and go dumb. But that's fine. I'm happy to do it. I'm just glad that I got over the hump and I got to the point that I'm like, sweet. When I listen back to this audiobook now, I don't hate it. So, yeah, that's one of my side projects. That is, I'd say, I guess the principal side project is like, I really do feel like I've only got enough bandwidth in my mind to really maintain one major project at once, and that is the book that I'm writing, the fiction book. But second to that, right behind that, is this audiobook. But because the audiobook isn't a daily priority and can't be a daily priority because there's times when I just have to let it go for a week or two, it's also a uh, reminder of why it's so important to hold on to the primary project so tenaciously because it's so easy to let go of anything that you don't focus on every single day. I mean, I was ready to just move away and to just let this audiobook go. Till when? Till next year? Till I move back here? Like, I don't know. Till forever? But yeah, when I felt that excitement today of like, oh shit, this bus is going right by that trail through the woods. I'm gonna go walk through the trail. And it, like, I felt so excited and it reminded me. So it's like, I gotta try to, I gotta try to hold on to project number two. <laughs> I gotta try to hold on to this stupid audiobook and try to get this thing done. But it really is going slow and it's such a long book. Oh my God, it's long. It's stupid how long it is. So that's a fucking enough for today. Oh man, sorry for the rambling. I do think there's some pretty cool episodes of this podcast and then there's some that I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> anyway, for song of the day, this song popped into my mind last night. It's this song by the Go-Go's called Beautiful that was like a reformation of the Go-Go's in like 94, maybe, I think. They put out another album and this song, Beautiful, is so fucking good. Like, it is great. I love this song. But the weird thing is, the reason I know it is because I heard it. It's in the opening credits to that fucking ridiculous SNL movie, Superstar, which I didn't even see. I saw like the first 10 minutes. I saw enough to be like, what song is that? And that's it. But it's just so weird that this great song is always associated in my mind with this stupid movie. It's like, ah, oh, that sucks that that'll always be in my head. Like that song So Happy Together, the Turtles song. I'll never not think of like Golden Grams because it was in a commercial for that shit when I was a kid and like it just like ruins the song. But in the case of this Go-Go song, I wouldn't know this song except for the stupid movie. So I guess I can't complain, right? They brought me this awesome song, even though they at the same time tainted it with their nonsense. Anyway, it's a great song. So here's Beautiful by the Go-Go's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.